please uh, welcome your senior pastor and my spiritual son, Pastor Fred Garcia. Can you hear me now? Now it's on. There we go. See? Thank you. Just your presence was enough, Russell. You scared it. Thank you, Russell. You can scare my equipment anytime. He did not scare you. Ah. I'm kind of thinking like a lot of this word came forth already. Because in truth, I don't know what's coming forth this morning. It's just like God to give you a word like vulnerable and then make you vulnerable. Where he says, I'm just going to fill your mouth. So, oh, I did that again. So, side note, I went to the doctor this week. Oh, it's doable. Good. To the eye doctor, that is. And there's some really cool eye drops that you can put in that last, like, for six to eight hours that eliminate the need, in some cases, for reading glasses. Oh, right. I asked the doctor about them. They're like, oh, those have been around for a long time. Anyways, well, I said, I want to try them. It's like, well, they just repackaged them, and I want to try them on somebody. So, anyways. But obviously, I don't have them yet, so you're still going to get this thing. Um, I did a test run. It worked. Okay. I think if I bring my notes up to about 16 point in terms of the font and go with the drops, that might be good. Anyways. That's a side. Uh, it's been a good morning. It's been a good weekend. And I, as Pastor Tim said, I want to add my thanks to all of you. Um, this just goes so smoothly, and it's gone. Uh, seems like every year it gets easier and easier. And uh, you know, Jen mentioned it going so easy uh, yesterday. Now, it was one of the things we were praying for Thursday night. We were praying that, that God would enable every single worker to come in and take his yoke on us, right? Because his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And so that was our prayer. And so that's really cool. Just your testimony alone was like, oh, there's answered prayer. And that's sweet. A lot of answered prayer going on. Got things going on. The Mackey household and, and the whole angry Irishman. Many of you who have testimonies, I could probably just do a testimony day. But he won't let me. 
So, he put me up here with this word. It's, let me just say this. Um, I don't know what's coming forth. I can tell you this. I have been doing a lot of studying and reading on this word. God put this word on my heart like over a month ago. It's actually in the midst of talking about communication. And as he sometimes does, he messes with my electronics. I've told you about my my Bible program, which uh, just will get stuck on a particular verse every time it opens, which is not supposed to do, right? And, you know, I know it's him when it just keeps happening over and over until I preach about it. I forget the last thing that I got done preaching about and it switched to something else. But the next thing it switched to was Genesis chapter 2, verse 25, which simply says this. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. And I'm like, all right, because this has been coming up morning after morning, day after day, for over a month now. And I'm like, okay, you want me to preach on it. I get it. I don't want to go there. I don't know that a lot of people feel comfortable with the word itself. I throw it up and the room goes silent. That's why it's so tiny, right? It's a tough word. Being naked and unashamed. It's one of those things we like to skim over. We say, well, that was pre-fall. And someday we'll enjoy that again. Or maybe not enjoy it. You know what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) Not quite what I meant. Um, But, you know, everything pre-fall, in some way, shape, or form, was God's intent from the beginning. You know, he made them uh, naked and unashamed. And once we get past the whole physical side of that, right, because God doesn't stay there. In fact, you, you read through the rest of the, the Old Testament and, and you see that the whole word naked is used more as a shameful, in a shameful connotation, right? So we know in the beginning they were naked and unashamed. We know that after that, it was their eyes were opened. You know, if we read just a little further in Genesis, Genesis 3, 7, after the fall, it says, then the eyes of both of them were opened. And the first thing that they realized was that they were naked. Right? A, a, a switch flipped. And there was this revelation. All of a sudden, they went from a place of, of vulnerability where they were totally safe, Right? God had created them in this place where they were totally safe. They could be naked, unashamed, but also safe. Because, I mean, think about it just from a practical standpoint. And that's really the only way I want you to think about it. But practically speaking, when you have very little clothing on, right, you're vulnerable. You're vulnerable to a blow to the chest by an elbow or a slap in the face. You're vulnerable to a bullet, to an arrow, to... Any bacon grease, right? It's real. Christmas trees. Christmas trees. You're vulnerable. Some of you ought to be. Sounds like putting helmets on when you put up Christmas trees. Yeah. Christmas trees are scary. 
Right, confessions. There we go. There's the vulnerability. It's flowing now. Before the fall, there was no danger in being exposed. After, there was. And so, this is one of those things that, that God wants to continue to restore, and it is very needed, right? From, from the standpoint of exposing the heart, making the heart vulnerable. It's a place that, in some way, shape, or form, has to be incorporated, not lived from fully, Okay, because there are people I will be vulnerable with and there are people who I will not be vulnerable with or I'll give a measure of vulnerability to in terms of exposing my heart. Um, it's a scary business. It's part of the walls. Whether you realize it or not, those walls that you were talking about, that you were, yeah, let's bring them down. God was working on some of that. Yeah. At the time, you didn't realize it. Or else everyone would have been saying, no, put him up, put him up, put him up, higher, higher. A little to the left. And a little to the left, perhaps. (laughs) Before the fall, there was no danger. After the fall, danger was present. Here's the thing about being vulnerable. We look at just, again, some of the practical aspects of before the fall, when Adam and Eve were vulnerable. That was the place that, number one, God said was good. It was also the place where they were fruitful, where they could be fruitful and multiply without putting too fine a point on it. There has to be vulnerability for fruitfulness to take place. And... This is the thing that God has just been resonating in my heart over the last few months. When it comes to leading, especially. I started reading, and I mentioned this, well, uh, maybe a month ago now. He started me on the whole vulnerability train, and then he, he introduced me to this book. Interestingly how uh, enough, um, start reading this book and almost a full two-thirds of this book focuses on vulnerability. And my word this morning is not, uh, you know, this is what Brene Brown has to say on vulnerability. But I find it interesting that it's such a huge topic amongst leadership. She tells a story in there of an Air Force colonel and I, I shared this with Alyssa just the other day. There's an Air Force colonel. Her name is Dee Dee Halfhill. And she's standing in front of her troops. And her troops have, have just been doing a lot. They've been giving, uh, putting in a lot of overtime, so to speak, at this particular base that she was visiting. And she gets done just kind of meeting with them and giving them some words of encouragement. One of the guys raises his hand and says, so ma'am, when is the pace going to slow down? And um, 
She's like, well, I understand you guys are all exhausted. How many of you are exhausted? And everyone raises their hand, right? <laughs> kind of like this morning. Everyone was, yeah, huh? kind of exhausted. And she had been reading a lot of Brene's stuff. And she had also been reading some, re- doing some research. Um, I think it was out of one of the Harvard research journals where a lot of leaders had found when their em- employees were exhausted, one of the main root causes, w- w- when they boiled all their statements and interviews and all those things down, one of the root causes um, of being exhausted was loneliness. So she's, she's playing with this in her mind. She's got all these exhausted troops out there. And so she takes a chance and she says, well, how many of you are lonely? Maybe, maybe expecting one hand to go up. And out of a group of about 60, 15 hands go up. It's, it's one of the biggest things within the military is lonely. Because <laughs> this makes me a little teary because of what my own daughter goes through. And I know many of you who have served... I thank you again for that service, but I know you've dealt with some of the same stuff. It's like you move from place to place, and just about the time you get going with a group, they switch you to another group. And, you know, for Alyssa, it's been even more. She, she's developed a few good friends, but it's like every time she starts developing relationships, she's torn from them, and she gets put in another group. And then she's torn from that group to work over here or to work nights or to work days. There's a lot of loneliness that goes on within the military. What I found so interesting about that, though, was so she had this dialogue with her troops, right? And it is a problem. You know, suicide, homicide, it's, it's huge within the military, not just the Air Force. No one branch has a corner on it. Melissa's dealing with it on a routine basis. It's loneliness that goes on. It's a place of vulnerability. Well, as the colonel is, is is kind of going through this with her troops, and then she's going back and she's doing some study and this and that, she starts looking at the, the Air Force manual, right? And the Air Force manual, interestingly enough, it, you know, it, it's all, as she says, it's all sanitized, right? In terms of the, the words, in terms of, of feelings or vulnerability. Uh, but she talks about going back to the Air Force's original doctrine, Right, document one point one, whatever that means. So when the the Air Force was first founded in nineteen forty seven, she made some interesting discoveries about the language within the Air Force manual. She says, "Here's a military document that's talking about leadership with kindness and mercy and belonging and love." Yes, the word love was in the military leadership manual in nineteen forty seven. I decided to do a word search for these words and phrases and see how often they were used. A discussion of feeling how men would feel was referred to 147 times. The importance of creating a sense of belonging was mentioned 21 times. The fear of combat, fear of exclusion, the fear of a life and the profession of arms will bring was mentioned 35 times. Love, what it means as a leader to love your men was brought up 13 times. 
She says, I won't go on to, to cite the entire document, but suffice it to say, this document used language that speaks to the human experience when it was instructing leaders on how to lead people. Vulnerability is not a comfortable place. And it's also not a place we're called to go with every person. No, even Jesus himself, we see it modeled. He had his four. He had his twelve, but he had his four. He had one who would lean on the breast of Jesus. But at the same time, we're called to go there. What does that look like for you? I'm a picture guy, and I've had a picture, something like this, that's just been kind of floating through my head for a few weeks. Um, it's not an exact representation of anything. And I'm not up here this morning to tell you exactly what vulnerability looks like. Okay, or how it should look in your relationships. So if that's your concern... Put it down. I don't know what it should look like. I can speak in generalities. I can speak from experience. I can speak in what, from what I see in God's word. Truth is, there are marriages that look like the bottom, right? Where just a little bit of the heart is exposed. Just enough, right? So that there's a heart connection. I'm not going to stand here and say, well, that's just not enough. Because I don't know your experience. Maybe that's a lot. That could be huge for somebody to give that much as opposed to being the little circle up in the corner. Right? It could represent friendships. It could represent any relationship. And I realize too, there, there's just some people that, you man, you meet them and you just, man, you just, you just feel like you've known them all your life. I had one of those experiences a couple years ago when I met John Clawson. It was kind of crazy. In fact, I got chastised by his wife. <laughs> we're up on the mountain, and we're, we were going and showing them the. we were at the camp, and there's this, you can drive up to the mountain, and you can follow this road uh, that takes you up, and you can see mountain goats and walk through the snow. We were having a snowball fight and everything. But yeah, it was so cool. We just started talking. And the, the more we talked, the faster we walked. And the faster we walked, the more we talked. And pretty soon we look back and our wives are way back there, kind of trudging through the snow. And we're like, oh. <laughs> I mean, we just, we had a heart connection from the word go. And it was really fun. And again, we got kind of chastised for leaving our wives in the dirt, <laughs> in the dust. But we have people, we need people like that in our lives. And I've had that with several, uh, a few other people as well through the years. It's fun to have those connections. And then there's, there's varying degrees to which we give our heart, right? But it's a risky business. Each and every time we do so. When I think about this word, healing, I, th- I think about healing. 
you know, physically. A doctor needs to examine you. He oftentimes a part that needs to be um, worked on has to be exposed. So that so that you know, especially if there's a, a flesh wound, right? If there's bleeding, that area needs to be exposed. There's got to be some vulnerability for healing, just from a physical perspective alone. Spiritually, no healing comes through the laying on of hand, or at least this one mode, it's one way. There's got to be an exposure of, of the heart to even say, hey, this is what my need is. And sometimes just admitting what the need is is pretty heavy for people. Why? Because I don't need help. I don't need anyone's help. I don't need no stinking doctor. You know how many people I get in the clinic who I say, how long has it been since you've seen your doctor? Ten years. Oh, so you want me to fix this thing that you won't go see your doctor for in one visit. (laughs) Yes, correct. Because I don't. Because I have a high copay, and I will, I don't want to pay anymore. That's usually what it boils down to. But we don't like vulnerability, and yet it's so needed. It's so needed for healing, body, soul, and spirit. Again, emotionally, it comes through the expression of need, allowing another to speak into our lives. Vulnerability. It's a polar opposite of what we were talking about several weeks ago. Isolation, assumption, distraction. It's the complete opposite of isolation. It's the complete opposite of assuming. Because if we are vulnerable, if we have stepped into a vulnerable relationship, we don't need to assume about what another person is thinking. Because... We know we have access. We have that confidence, right? Jen talked about confidence. We've got confidence in that relationship to go, hey, Steve, what do you think of this? Or, hey, Steve, I thought you were a jerk earlier. No? Well, yeah, what's new? (laughs) No, not really. (laughs) I've had people do that to me. It's not comfortable. When people call you out, I'm so glad they do. In that moment, you ruffle your feathers, right? And you get defensive because no one likes feeling like that. But true friends do that, right? True friends will call you out. Now, an even better friend will pull you aside and maybe not do it in public, (laughs) But if it's got to be done in public, it's got to be done in public. It's a place of vulnerability. But it's the only place we can receive the fullness of love that we desire and that we deserve. We we celebrate Valentine's Day. And no, I wasn't gearing this message towards Valentine's Day. This is perhaps God was. Okay, because I was just simply being obedient 
I tried ditching this word in all truthfulness four times over the last week. And every time he just brought it back and said, nope, you're doing it. I say, well, what about this? And you say, that sounds really good, but you're doing this. And I open my mouth and he say, don't. And I even tried this morning yet. He said, really? What do you do with that? I don't like being vulnerable. I don't like being in a place where I'm dependent on him just filling my mouth. It's uncomfortable. But obviously somebody needed to hear this. And in truth, it's something that we all need. Because it's that place of vulnerability that builds kingdom. Because remember, vulnerability is from that place that fruitfulness. We, we cannot carry out the Great Commission. We cannot carry out our original mandate to fill the earth Subdue and multiply. To increase and, and multiply. We can't carry that out with all vulnerability. God's got huge plans for this place. And when I say place, I'm not talking uh, about the physical structure. I, I think that too. But I think that's a secondary thing because of the vision that, that God has for this for this house. The vision which was imparted initially to, to Apostle Tim. And then, then he comes along and says, Great, it's yours now. Boom. <laughs> and he runs away, skipping and waving his hands. And I'm thinking, cool, this looks great. Twelve years later, eleven years later, I'm thinking, I understand why he ran away with his hands in the air now. All gleeful. I'm, I'm only serious. <laughs> because that vision looks so impossible. Because the vision is impossible. Because impossible is my God's nature. My God specializes in impossible. And I'm created in the image of the living God. And therefore, I eat impossible for breakfast. I'm called to eat impossible for breakfast. And so are you. That's why you got the crown, people. That's why the walls came tumbling down. Yeah. Thanks, Joshua. Yeah. First Peter chapter one, verses six through nine says this. And this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials, so that the proof of your faith, being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And though you have not seen him, you love him. That's you. Though you've not seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, but believe in him, you greatly rejoice with inexpressible joy or unexplainable joy. Not unattainable. Inexpressible joy and full of glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith by the salvation of your souls. We have this inexpressible joy. We have this love. But where does it come from? 
comes from Jesus Christ, comes from the revelation of Jesus Christ. The revelation of Jesus Christ is an act of vulnerability. It's Jesus sharing his heart. The whole New Testament, the whole Old Testament, the whole story. It's it's Papa's open heart that he's given to us to partake in. This is what he demonstrates. Somehow we need to figure this out. Somehow we need to, to walk it out. Somehow we need to partner with levels of vulnerability, right? If we're going to be fruitful and multiply and do this thing, this impossible thing that God's called us to do. Now, I'll be honest, I, I made the mistake of thinking when, when Apostle Tim did this, boom, here you go, sort of thing, it was now my turn or it was batter up, here you go, you take it the rest of the way. No. There's no way. There's no way I can take it the rest of the way. I don't know how far I'm called to take it. But I know I can't do it without reaching back to him. By the grace of God, he's left him as a father to me. Right? And to this work. And at some point down the road, I get to do the same and I get to pass it on to someone else. But it's not just about that lineage. It's about everyone else connected in between. Because it is the body of Christ. I think Michelle was talking about that last week. Was that you? Yeah. You know, we go back to the obvious analogy, the body of Christ. You know, the finger can't go off and do its thing. It has to be connected. Well, the finger has to be connected at least to to the rest of the hand intimately. If the body is going to be joined, at some point there has to be vulnerability, intimacy, and connection. But the finger is not intimately connected to the ear, and that's okay. The ear's happier that this finger isn't sticking off the end. And the finger's happier that it doesn't have to lift things like doing this, right? By bending down to, to reach with a finger. It's just by design. (laughs) Darn right. Thank God for that finger being where it's at so it can scratch the ear when it itches. Darn right. Or pick the nose. Come on. That's not I, I don't understand the fullness of how this works, okay? But I know that it works. I know that it's something we're called to. And I know that it, for some of us, listen, there are people on both ends of the spectrum. I, I wasn't able to make this picture, but I've had this picture for, for over the last month when I think about this word of vulnerability. As I said a few months ago, 
I do believe there's a place of, of vulnerability, of uh, emotional stability, emotional makeup. I believe there's a benchmark, okay? In the same way, there's a plumb line or a house, right? Because God has a stable emotional uh, makeup, right? And so there is a benchmark. There is this thing out there. But what I've had in my mind is that it's almost like this plumb line is connected by springs and it kind of shifts and moves. Or when it comes down to the way that each one of us are designed, we overlay it. And so it's expressed differently through you than it is through me by design. But there's still a point of stability. There's still a plumb line. But because of our uniqueness, it's so hard and it's a little bit elusive to try to define I don't want to define it for that reason. Because I don't want you to be a clone of me. Oh, that would be horrible. Think about that. Clones of yourself. Some of you would love it initially. Trust me, you would hate it sooner or later. Maybe much sooner than later. <laughs> the diversity is what, what makes life so much fun. It's the diversity, the chocolate we had yesterday. Oh my gosh, that was so much fun. Diversity is a wonderful thing. And diversity, like the chocolate, can work well together. And it can build great and wonderful things together. And it's the revelation of Jesus Christ that brings that forth. And that's the only thing. So, if there's a message, this is a place to that we have to go. And in truth, in some cases, especially with the, the deeper, you know, with a covenant relationship, it probably ought to be working from this towards another aspect. You know, there should be growth. I can't tell you what it looks like. I can't tell you how to fix it. I can tell you there's healing available. I can tell you there's healing ministries that... Jeannie and myself and, and uh, Michelle and Tim and, and now there there are others who have been trained and Jen and Matt or Jen and, and and Melissa have now been exposed to that training as well. So so they're familiar with some of that training and can help you with those things. The stuff to get past. It's part of vulnerability. It's part of being connected. But it's part, most importantly, of being fruitful. If, if I Send you away with nothing else. Let me send you away with that. Fruitfulness and connectivity and, and vulnerability. Fruitfulness and vulnerability go hand in hand. You've got to have the two in some way, shape, or form. It's just figuring out how that works in your life. But being willing to shout at those walls, let them come down, even if it's scary. Sometimes it's scary with a husband and wife. No, even after 20, 26, 27 years, after a lot of years together, okay, it's still scary. There are scary conversations we have with one another. I don't set out thinking that until all of a sudden God brings up a topic and I go, oh, I never told her that. I don't know that I want to. But I know it's safe. So I do it. So you go there. And you connect even more. And life becomes more fruitful in some way, shape, or form. Amen? Is this making sense? Good, because that's just the grace of God. So, I want to pray for you this morning.
Y'all got your crowns. So I I believe you're equipped for this work. Um, But I just want to pray that God would give you a revelation. First and foremost, this is one of the things, if you're with me in the back, you hear me pray this frequently, I just pray for a revelation of Jesus Christ. Just to come over people, come over the property, come over the region, the nation. It's one of my favorite prayers. It's a great prayer. The revelation of Jesus Christ. Because it encompasses so much. It encompasses everything we need. The revelation of Jesus Christ. I don't care what you need. Jesus has got the answer. Physical, spiritual, emotional, it's there. I just want to, I want to pray for that for you this morning. And if there's any, any other prayer needs that have come up, please let one of us pray for you before you go. Because it's not about coming, getting your ears tickled, feeling kind of better about yourself and moving up. It's about growth. If you're not growing, there's a problem. Let's pray for that. I don't have anyone in mind, so I'm not looking at anyone in particular when I'm, when I'm saying that. Okay? As far as I know, you're all growing. But we have seasons where it's tough. It's tough sledding. And we need help to push through, grow through those seasons. To have weeds pulled out. That's why we're here. That's why the body of Christ is here. This is safe. We want it to be safe. And if you disagree, we want to hear that so that we can make it safer. Because you're called to thrive. An angry Irishman started, when I first met them, I should say, it was already started. Kevin was doing this out of your kitchen and selling it to people. Is that true? Ish. I may have manipulated him just a bit to come to the church. This was his version of the story. Okay, some eight years ago? No, 2012. 2012, so 10 years ago. Okay? So I, I point back to them a lot just because I, I see so much business growth in particular. Okay? They start, that's how they started, right? It was a pipe dream. And I said, let's talk about it some more. And honestly, it wasn't any great wisdom we gave. We just started asking questions. And God took that thing and they ran with it. And it grew and it grew and it grew. And now they're, they get the whole bus garage thing, which God is providing the money for. In some way, shape, or form, it just has to, we need the revelation of Jesus Christ over that. So we declare it right now in Jesus' name. And it's going international. And they started, get this, they started from an impossible dream, which was to see angry Irishmen replace Tabasco as a household name. Which Which he got laughed at and probably continues to get laughed at. I'm telling you, you're called to eat the impossible for breakfast. With a little wine sauce. Or the original. It's more my prep. Amen? So, Father, 
I've said enough. I just pray that you, Father, we just pray for the revelation of Jesus Christ to wash over this people, to wash over us this morning once again in Jesus' name. We need your revelation, body, soul, and spirit. Father, quicken our bodies, quicken our minds, quicken our spirits. Just let this revelation come forth in dreams and in visions and conversations and connectedness and unexpected uh, visitations and angelic visitations. Father, just bring it forth um, because we want to see kingdom established. We want to see kingdom grow. We want to just do the fullness, everything that we can do to destroy the works of the devil as long as we draw breath. Till the time you take us home. So we need the revelation of Jesus Christ to do that. To be efficient, to be effective, to be connected where we're called to be connected in the fullest way possible. The way you intended. Whatever that is. So we just yield all of that to you. Just take a moment, if you would. Um, so I'm just I'm seeing I'm seeing some angelic activity around the room. Can we just take a moment? Oh, look at that. I'm just I'm seeing um, angels coming, and there's there's revelations. There's just scrolls that he's dropping in people's hands. I I saw a scroll. Jerry, I just saw an angel just take a scroll and just push it down in your head. There's some things that are just going to unravel there. Thank you, Lord. I take that back. It's not just some people. It's every single one of you. I'm just watching the activity in my head. And you're just going about it differently with each one of you. So just, just wait on it for a moment. had some uh, like a new hearing problem. Is there someone here that's had a new hearing problem like just I want to say in the last month where it's just you've been having more issues. I don't know which ear. I keep seeing actually a left ear. Is there anyone who's who's have been having difficulty? is and you don't want to say it or you can't hear me <laughs> let me know so I can pray for you that, uh, you know God reveals those things so he can heal them right so um, we just give him another minute is that, 
was one of the things he did tell me this morning is he said, I, I want to bring some healing at some point. I just didn't know when. So, thank you, Father. Jesus, that he is, that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father. Um, I saw someone else who's got a pain in the side. The, uh, the right side. Right lower side. I, I don't know if it's front or back, but my hand just keeps going here. Um, if there's someone who needs prayer for that. This is the last one that I have. Also, Tim, I don't know if he's given you anything, but uh, more, Lord. Uh, neck. I feel like there's a couple of you who have been having neck issues that I want to pray. So if that's you, make your way up here. So <laughs> I felt like there was going to be a number. So so with that, I'm going to officially sign off. Um but if you're in need of prayer for anything else, please, please, please um, take the chance. Be vulnerable, I guess. Because it's a step of vulnerability just to come up and admit a need. Okay? So with that, uh, especially for you who might be listening at home, uh, we just bless you as, as we sign off. If you want uh, anything further, you can go to uh, arcgenoa.org and you can meet this Jesus of whom we speak. And you can also give there, and you can also contact us, and we would love to hear from you. So be blessed, and for everyone else, have a wonderful week. Be blessed as you go. And and again, thank you so much for all that you poured into this place, not just over the Chocolate Lovers Fest, but, oh my gosh, it's just, y'all bless me so much. Amen? All right. Well, you received. You freely give. <laughs> Thank you, Father. Lord, just restore this neck.